When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In five, four, three, two, one. The Fantasy Six Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob. Ah, you're awful. <laughs> and AJ Applegar. Sin Shu Chu. It's a mouthful. All right, all right. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me as usual, my co-host AJ Abagarth. What's up, man? Uh, not too much. Ready to uh, ready to get going. Celebrate some opening day action. Got Absolutely, my man. Hashtag uh, opening day over here. <laughs> yeah, it feels weird to say that in July, but here we are. Baseball is back. Uh, we are in a rain delay. Yankees Nationals. Uh, Yankees are up 4-1. Stanton hit a mammoth of a home run, apparently. I, I missed it. I haven't seen the replay yet. But uh, I know Scherzer has 10 strikeouts already, but he's he's let up a bunch of runs already. So it is what it is. But, um, uh, yeah, so other baseball news. Nationals also. Juan Soto tested positive for COVID. So that's that's fun, right? On opening day, right after you know these tests come back like a couple days after they got tested. So he's been playing the last couple days with this in his system. So that's uh, that's not a good way to start off. It's it's going to be interesting to see how many other players come back and test positive. Hopefully, hopefully, is none. I'm not counting on that happening though. I don't know. It's pretty brutal for for people who drafted him first round in most leagues so it's a tough blow uh but more importantly just hopefully everybody's healthy and and and, uh you know they can they can get this you know nipped in the bud before it gets really bad um other news the uh the ex-washington riskins are now the washington football team oh yeah (laughs) like no idea what they're doing <sighs> you guys are how make are you getting how much money and this is what you came up with you got nothing great yeah we're the <laughs> temporarily unknowns um we'll we'll get back to you somebody posted on twitter they Fuck guys so come on. they they did like the shot like you know the 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 cgi version of the new uh uh jerseys and stuff right and they use like a, a standard stadium looking background. Like they have him, the guy standing in the middle of a stadium. They zoomed in like at his ankles so that you could see behind. They left like the soccer goal in the shot of the stadium. Like you couldn't even take out the soccer goal. It's so bad. Like good job, Washington. Oh, that's why yeah, I'm just done with this team. Anyway, um, Snyder at his finest. Yes, pretty much. 
right, well, let's do our beer of the week. We got a, a big show ahead, so let's just get moving here. Um, we got. Close enough. Uh, so I'll start here. I got a Kushwa Brewing Company. It's called Down to Clown. Uh, I was going to drink something different, but uh, we had some interesting testing issues, audio issues before the show. So stepped it up a notch. Down to Clown, because that's what our uh, setup is is like right now. So <laughs> that's what it feels it, like. So. It is. I, I feel like <laughs> our internet you know, server is a clown car, and we're just continually jumping in and out of it. So, uh, I myself am drinking a Six Point Brewery Cosmic Handshake. It's a sour New England style double IPA nine percenter. Um, I believe it's it's actually a collaboration here with uh, Six Point and Victory Brewing, my hometown nice. beer. So, I, I found this in the back of the fridge and forgot I bought them. <laughs> so, we'll see how it goes. When you have too much beer. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, like I said, we've got a pretty big show tonight. Um, we're going to be talking NFC North. And our guest tonight is from Fantasy Alarm. None other than Howard Bender himself. You there, man? What's going on, guys, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks Absolutely. for coming on. Uh, glad to have you back. I know we had you on for one of our baseball preview shows uh, earlier in the year, back before baseball got canceled or postponed, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I saw you made a comment on Twitter about the Washington football team. What do you <laughs> I mean, come on, right? <laughs> I know. Fulfilling the dreams of so many kids who were like, man, when I grow up, I want to play for the Washington football team. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, what's what's up with the think tank in Washington? You know, it's not like it's not like it was it's, it's a new issue. Like, this is something they've talked about for years of getting rid of the name Redskins. So, you know, in all those years, I get it. I mean, you don't want to change the name, but certainly somebody in that hierarchy uh, was actually like doing some work and digging in, looking for some other team names rather than just you know copping a field all day. Yeah, it, it's a it's a strange one indeed. Um, well, I, I, it, it sounds like it's like all right. Which one of these things can we come up with that that asshole lawyer did not uh, go ahead and uh, and put a patent on yet? Uh, uh, temporary team. Okay, good. Let's use that. <laughs> Placeholder. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it, the other thing that gets me is, right, so they're saying it's temporary, um, but they're going to sell merchandise. So you could own Washington football team merchandise. Ooh, who's excited? <laughs> nah, nobody, nobody, right? We've got <laughs> we're, we're record unemployment rate going in the country right now. And what are we going to try and do? We're going to try and make an extra buck off of the people in the D.C. area uh, who are going to be stupid enough to to pay for these this merchandise. Like, I mean, it's just that's it's terrible. It's bad news. It's bad form. Uh, I mean, you know, eventually you hope that they're going to clean things up over there. But as it stands right now, this is just not a not a team anybody wants to deal with. Nope, well, and uh, it's you like you probably hey, don't remember, but I, I took, I had Redskins stuff behind me. It is all poof gone. I, as I'm disassociating myself with this train wreck of a team. I just can't do it anymore. It, it's almost like the uh, 
the old commercials where they're like, well, we can't put an actual team, so we're going to put tech versus state. All right. And, uh, <laughs> that's that's what we're looking at here. Nice. They should have just done that. They should have been like Washington Tech or something and, and just made even more of a mockery than it already is out of it. Uh, who knows? All right. Well, let's let's get on with uh, more positive talk here. The NFC North. So, Howard, how we do this is we are uh, we go we go down position by position. I'll break. I'll run down some ADP numbers and then we'll get into some questions about the position. But first. Uh, we have a like a hot topic question, just kind of general football question about the division. And uh, <clears throat> the one we got for this is, you know, Green Bay you know, pretty much breezed to a division title this this past year, finishing 13 and three. Uh, they took the number two seed. A lot of people don't really think they were that good, that their schedule really helped them out. Now, this year, they've got a bit of a tougher schedule. It looks like I mean, do you where do you see Green Bay finishing this year? Knowing all that, um, you know it's uh, it's it's kind of tough. I mean, I I think that I, I definitely think they overachieved. You know, you saw a lot. I mean, we can talk about you know everything from you know the touchdown total to uh, people buying into Aaron Rodgers is you know now suddenly a disciple of Matt Lafleur's like that kind of thing. Um, I mean, I think the team overall regresses. I, I think that that Green Bay. Definitely caught a couple of breaks, winning a couple of games and uh, and padding that record. But I think, you know, Minnesota, you know, rock solid team with the with a great ground game. The Bears hopefully go to Foles and that turns into, uh, you know, making the Bears a, a tougher team. And then all of a sudden, so Green Bay doesn't have all the gimmies. They don't have all those easy wins on their schedule. Maybe Detroit does something. Who knows? Yeah, I, I put this one in here just because. I mean, it, frankly, I was kind of pissed off that Green Bay finished thirteen and three and got the two seed. <laughs> I just, and it's not that I'm a Green Bay hater or anything. I just didn't think that they were anywhere near that good. Um, you know, Aaron Jones carried that team, in my opinion, offensively. Rodgers was okay. Uh, you know, he wasn't blow out of the water, but he wasn't terrible either. Um, but just doing some little like research here and looking, I mean, they they had three games against opponents who finished eight and eight, 500. And, and two of those teams were, you know, or two of those games were Chicago. And then they only had five other games where they played teams that were above 500. And two of those were Minnesota. Uh, then you got Philly, Kansas city and San Fran. And those, all of those teams, all, you know, five of those games, that's the only playoff teams they faced. So, you know, and they they fared well. They beat Minnesota both games. They lost to Philly uh, and lost to San Fran, but then beat Kansas City. So this year, you know, because of their schedule changing, now they're going to face six playoff teams. They have, you know, a combined record of of five fourteen as opposed to the teams finishing at four fifty two. So, you know, they still only have uh, Chicago as the only eight and eight you know, at 500, but now they've got seven games against above 500. So it's definitely a tougher schedule. Um, and, and that's that's to be expected when you finish first in your division, then you get to play everybody else who's first in the division. So I, I don't know. I, I definitely think they're going to kind of come back to reality. Um, I, they'll probably still win the division, I think, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as it was last year. 
Yeah, I agree with you guys. So I don't really have anything else to add. But so let's just jump into the uh, quarterbacks here. ADP numbers, uh, we're grabbing these from Fantasy Pros. So they do the mix of all the different sites here. So Aaron Rodgers at 10, Stafford at 13, Kirk Cousins at 21. And then we got the combo of Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky at 33 and 35. So basically not drafted. So <laughs> um, start off here with Rodgers. More Packers talk here. You know, he finished QB 14 last year if you go by points per game. Uh, I mean, it's going 10. I mean, I wonder if at this point people are just drafting him because of the name and it's a mistake. Like, what do you think there? Um, listen, I think he's definitely, I mean, he's on the downside of a career right now. He's in an offense that where they want to be run first. And they want to, you know, take some of the, you know, power off of, uh, off of Rogers hands. I mean, how, how are you going to feel if you're Aaron Rodgers this year? Uh, and, and they've drafted Jordan love and there's rumors that they're talking about, uh, love playing some sort of a Taysom Hill kind of role, uh, over there. So, I mean, you know, is Rogers a guy I'm like craving that do who I want? No, but I mean, listen, if he's pissed off and he's, uh, feels like he's got something to prove that he's got more left in the tank and, uh, basically wants to do to Jordan love what Brett Favre did to him. Uh, you know, that's that's what Rogers going to do. I mean, so, yeah, um, again, not a target, but I mean, I'll I'll take them after, you know, somebody like Breeze is already off the board and I'm, you know, kind of sifting through the uh, the the late, you know, back end of the top 12. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree. I'm just I'm not really targeting him. He's kind of one of those like, oh, well, I guess he's who's left <laughs> out of those top guys. Exactly. That's kind of how I look at him as well. And they gave him no weapons either, no. which is, you know, I mean, it's crazy. They're talking about, you know, different things that they want to do in that offensive scheme. But, you know, still what it comes down to is they, they didn't add anything or add enough for him. Uh, to do anything. I mean, Devin Funches, no. I mean, that's just, that's terrible. So, <laughs> I mean, so, so really, so does it, does it up Rogers' value? No, absolutely not. So you have to take that into consideration too. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's other guys that, you know, are, are sitting just behind him who have possibly higher ceilings that, like, if you want to go there, um, that, you know, that might be the way to go and just kind of pass on Rogers and just let somebody else. I, I've owned him one of these last couple of years and he's pretty average. I mean, there's just nothing else to say about it. It's, I mean, he's, he has like one or two massive games every year. It feels like, and everybody's like, Oh, look, there he is. And then it, it bloats his final numbers. But if you go like per game in consistency basis, it's not great. So no, Nope. I'm letting him, uh, letting him fall in with someone else. Um, I've, Again, nothing against him. Not that I'm a hater or anything. I just, I just don't really care to own him this year and beyond. So, all right. So the next guy we got here is uh, Mr. Matthew Stafford. Uh, so this guy's on pace for five thousand yards last season, and then he gets injured. Um, I mean, why is he not being drafted earlier? Um, you know, because I think you have to really be careful when you're talking about on pace numbers. Yeah, he was definitely on pace for you know, 5,000 yards and, you know, what was like uh, 39 touchdowns or something ridiculous yeah. like that. I mean, look at what Matt Stafford's numbers have been over the years, mm -hmm. you know, and all of a sudden, you know, it, it turns out like this. No, I mean, you have to, you know, accept the fact that there are going to be different, uh, different situations. Listen, if his back held up, 
we don't know, but his back didn't hold up. And then that adds to a question mark for this year. Are you one of those people who uh, automatically says that, you know, I got to prorate his numbers to 16 games and he's going to be phenomenal. He's, he's QB three all of a sudden, uh, or do you understand that? Okay. So bum back last year, something could happen this year. You just don't know defensive schemes work differently against you or, or whatever it is that you're trying to you know accomplish with the team. Are they trying to do more ground game? They never, you know, follow through with that. It always seems like they abandon the run way too early. So maybe this is the year that they sort of try that. They drafted DeAndre Swift. So you kind of have to feel like prorating his numbers to what could have been is, is probably not the best move for this year. And that puts him then to me, you know, on the, on the back end of the top 10, top 12 quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah funny, I agree with you. Funny thing with the with the running game, and, and like you said, they just abandon it. It's like, all right, well, there's 13 minutes left uh, in the first quarter. They're down 3 nothing. Oh, uh, we got to throw. We got to throw. Sorry, guys. Right. <laughs> Forget running the ball. You know, throw or punt. But, you know, the, the, the one thing that does work in their benefit, I think, this year is, again, with them finishing out at only 3-12 and 12 last year, they – have the opposite of the Packers and they're going to play all the bottom of the barrel teams, you know, throughout the, uh, the other conferences, uh, in the, in NFC. So that could help them a little bit. Um, and Stafford did play eight games. So it's not like for some reason, it just seems like he played less than, than that, but he played half the damn season. So, uh, uh, we'll see what he does this year. Hopefully he's really good. Cause I own him in a couple of leagues, including <laughs> fishbowl. Yeah, he's he's definitely one of those guys that like if if I want to wait on QB, he's he's definitely one of my targets because I think the upside's there. He's got two two good receiver targets, an up and coming tight end, uh, pass catching back in, in Swift, and hopefully uh, hopefully that just means good things for Stafford all around. But um, <clears throat> moving on here, uh, Kirk Cousins, Minnesota Vikings. You know they they lost Stephon Diggs, which is huge. They brought in uh, Jefferson. Uh, and they've got Thielen still and, and those tight ends. I mean, still, though, Cousins just feels like a guy. You know, like, is he nothing more than a streamable QB at this point? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much where you're <laughs> at with Kirk Cousins. Well, you know, when you're, like, sitting there in a super flex league and you realize that, you know, you only have one QB on your roster and suddenly you just missed the run. And then you're like, oh, well, all right, I'll just grab Kirk Cousins here because I know he's going to play. Um, he's not going to dazzle you with anything. He's serviceable. Um, you know, it's a run first scheme there in Minnesota. Everything's going to go through Dalvin cook. That's what Gary Kubiak does. It's what Rick Dennison and him, you know, have been striving for their entire career. They do it everywhere they go together. So with such a heavy ground game, I don't think it was that much of a priority, uh, to, you know, hold on to Stefan Diggs. you know, you got a little cantankerous last year and, uh, yipping about his targets and things like that. And so, you know, give it to Cousins, let Thielen ground game. You got a rookie here who can, you know, at least take care of some of the vertical work that you're going to need in Jefferson. And then you kind of leave it at that. But I mean, with Kirk Cousins, you're, you're basically, you're, you're, you're hoping to get 250 and two and, mm -hmm. you know, accept one interception. But, <laughs> you know, anything beyond that, you're like, wow, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's a safe quarterback at this point, so not much All else right. to say there. I think. Yeah, 
All right. So next, uh, uh, last, last uh, team we got here is the the dual threat of uh, <laughs> BDN and and Mitch, whatever you want to call him, wasted number two draft pick. Uh, so if you're forced to choose a quarterback um, in a two quarterback or super flex, which one do you want to own from Chicago? I think you kind of already alluded to it, but yeah, uh, give me Nick Foles. Yeah, he's 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 the guy who's uh, supposed to be uh, under center. I mean, you know, they went and they made the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they <clears throat> made the change at um, at quarterback coach, brought in uh, De Filippo, uh, who has experience working with Nick Foles. They have a relationship together, so obviously. Matt Nagy's on the hot seat. I mean, he came in, they got that 12 win season to start. Uh, and then they just crapped the bed the following season. Uh, even with, uh, you know, some better personnel on defense. Um, you know, obviously you lose a guy like Fangio. It's, it, it does have an impact if you lose him as a coordinator, but so now Nagy's on the hot seat. Um, and what does he do? He's got no faith in Trubisky to take that game to the next level. He didn't see anything good from here, you know, at least positive for him. And so he goes out and he brings in Filippo and he brings in Nick Foles. And, you know, it's going to be an open competition, sure, but no, probably not. So I'll take Foles. I actually, in, in Scott Fishbowl, uh, I just, I said, screw it, man. I just wasted another pick and, and took Trubisky also. Uh, just to err on the side of caution, but yeah, you know, I don't plan on using him at all. He'll be uh he'll be an easy drop a couple of weeks into the season when Foles is kind of in a groove. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to uh, trying to stretch and and get Foles as my third quarterback, and my division just went super running back early, so I ended up reaching and took Stafford third uh, after getting Mahomes, and then uh, throwing caution way out the window and taking Fournette as my first running back. And there wasn't really much left though <laughs> that I liked at least. So yeah, we'll see how it works. Um, but all right. So let's, uh, you sounded let's move so much more positive back. about your team on Twitter. I, I like my team a <laughs> lot. Am I following I the wrong guy? <laughs> no, no, I like my team a lot. I, I just, you know, because I kind of went heavy early on, on the quarterbacks and then, I got my receivers that I wanted. You know, I wanted Galladay to, to team up with uh, Stafford and then wanted Allen Robinson too. And I got both of them. So we'll talk about those guys here in a little bit. But let's start with the running backs. Joe, what do we got? Oh, uh, yeah. So running back ADP here. We've got Dalvin Cook leading the way at number five, Aaron Jones, number 10, David Montgomery, big gap here between these guys here so david montgomery's at 25 then swift at 29 Kerryon johnson 34 tariq cohen at 46 jamal williams at 50 and then just because aj Dillon 58 um so dalvin cook leading the way here obviously i mean he was well on his way finishing to finishing his rb2 last year then got hurt for the last couple games and got passed by derrick henry um or was it Aaron Jones? It, it both maybe. Um, I mean, he's still yet to finish a season. All sixteen games, he's never done it. Uh, it's getting close. <laughs> I mean, the number five running back's pretty heavy cost. I mean, are we making a mistake drafting him? And he's got this injury history. I cannot not draft Alvin Cook. He <laughs> falls to me. I'm scooping him up. 
You know, it's 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 a matter of I mean, you have to you have to grab Madison. Listen, I think Dalvin Cook's talent is is absolutely phenomenal, and he puts in a healthy season. That's great. That's that's the best. That's best case scenario. That's you know the warm fuzzy blanket as you're like you know coming in from the cold shivering and you know you're <laughs> just like ah oh right in front of the fire. That's the security that Dalvin Cook gives you. But for the same token, also you're investing in the uh, in the team's ground game. You're investing in the Vikings. Mm-hmm. So if you do have those concerns about Dalvin Cook, which perfectly justified, I'm not going to tell you not to be wary of it. I'll still take him everywhere he drops to me. Totally fine with that. Um, you know, to me, he's uh, he's the number four. Uh, you know, guy that, that you're drafting. That's you know where I'm like, boom, I'm in on him. I'm very happy with him. You just have to be smart and take Madison also, because again, it's just you're you're investing in the system, and you look at the the numbers from Minnesota. You just look at the numbers from where Kubiak and Dennison when they did it in uh, in Denver with guys like Ruben Drones and Orlandis <laughs> Gary. You know, they they put Arian Foster on the map before Arian Foster it was Steve Slayton. I mean, the names are are horrifying. Yeah, but. Yeah. These guys are like all of a sudden they're thousand yard rushers. We saw what Dalvin did last year. If you know you were able to handcuff him or at least give yourself enough depth at the position that it didn't screw you over in the playoffs, he carried your regular season. He he tried to screw me over in the playoffs. It didn't quite work. <laughs> right, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little little dig at AJ because I beat him in the playoffs. Yes. And I did yes, totally mess did up. Not I work. actually left Madison off the ADP. He's at forty four. So. Um, you know, you're going to have to take him, uh, his overall is not here. Where is it? Um, fucking Mike Boone. I was, yeah, I, I want to say it, <laughs> Mike my computer Boone. is not working right now. <laughs> um, his overall is 112. So, I mean, you're not having to pay a super heavy price for him, honestly. Um, but yeah, he's, he is pretty much like a must pick up if you, if you got cook, um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I'm with you though. I, I, you know, I ask the questions the way I do, just to strike up the conversations. It's not that I totally agree with what the the question and the way I ask it. Um, Cook's an absolute grab there. You know, past the first three running backs for me, um, Zeke, Saquon, and, and and McCaffrey, he's a monster. Like, and, and again, like you said, I mean, the that team's gonna run the ball. We know Kirk Cousins is basically the game manager at this point. On that offense, and they they're going to run through Cook. Madison's going to get his a little bit too, but it, that's Cook's offense, and hopefully he just you know he can stay healthy. Um, if he gets hurt, maybe it'll be in the middle of the season this year, and not at the end. <laughs> that'd be that'd be a little bit nicer for fans. But he just doesn't get hurt. Jeff. That'd Come be really good too. Yeah, play all sixteen games. What a what a concept. You, you don't have to negotiate it. Just don't get hurt. Don't don't yeah. doesn't matter where you get hurt. No, just don't get hurt. Thank yeah. you. That'd be good too. So. <laughs> all right moving on all right so mr jones here the old counting crows guy uh scored the ridiculous 19 total touchdowns finished rb2 um overall so should we be drafting him earlier or is there too much regression risk here with with these touchdown numbers uh, the, the touchdown numbers are a little on the insane side. They definitely are. But I mean, he was a good, he was a receiving threat. He was a run, rushing threat. Um, you know, so that 
I'm not going to undersell him. There's the, you know, there, there are a couple of knocks that you can put on him saying that they're going to throw in Jamal Williams at, at certain points. AJ Dillon is going to poach short yardage and goal line carries. And all of a sudden he's going to be, you know, that bulldog kind of guy who plows through. Um, but again, you also have to remember that they didn't get any added weapons. I mean, AJ Dillon's a weapon. Sure. You can poach touchdowns there, but you know, this is still a run first scheme that Matt LaFleur wants to continue using. Uh, and he, you know, he's going to have to do it. He saw what happened when he gave Aaron Jones the volume last year. I think, I think that continues. I really do. Um, but I mean, obviously you can't sit there and count on, you know, numbers like that, you know, for the same token, it's, you know, obvious regression to the mean, you know, is Leonard Fournette going to have two touchdowns this year? No, he's going to have more than two touchdowns. You know, even if he gets, you know, six, seven touchdowns, you know, it just, it's, it's a a regression there. So I think that, you know, you get a little pullback, but uh, you know, I don't, I don't mind taking them, you know, mid second round. I'm okay with that. You know, that's, that's fine with me. You know, he's not a, he's not a first rounder. Uh, and you know he's borderline in that early part of the second round for me. Yeah, yeah, just, I totally agree. And I was, I was, you, you kind of hit on the AJ Dillon thing. I kind of wonder um, how much that's really going to affect him. Like we don't know, and especially with you know the lack of training camps and and no preseason games, you wonder, you know, how much they're going to use Dillon. Um, but I mean, if it really is, is going to be like goal line work, then you don't really have to practice for that. I feel like yeah. so <laughs> Dylan's going to be good there. Uh, I keep snaking him in late in drafts in these best ball drafts. I'm like, screw yeah. it. You know what? He's going to have that game where he's going to be like, you know, 18 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, like, absolutely. You know, just something horrible like Jonas that. Gray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good pull. That's, Very that's good what pull. it'll be. He's going to have like three Jonas Gray games and then that's it. That's it. Um, I mean, just a follow up on that, too. I mean, you, you talked about Williams and um, I mean, I've been a fan of Jamal Williams. I, I, I like his game and, and he's always been had some kind of standalone value within that offense. Uh, not as much last year because Jones just literally ran with the, the, the volume. But I've seen things saying that he might be a cut candidate. I mean, are you buying into that at all? Or do you think they got to keep him on the roster? I think they've got to kind of keep him on the roster. You always want running back depth. You want a guy who knows the system. If there's a rumor, though, that he's being, that they're thinking about cutting him, he just might not be the type of guy that LaFleur likes or, or wants to have. You know, you see that all the time uh, with coaches. You know, we yeah. saw it with uh, with Kingsbury. He was like, David Johnson is not my guy. I didn't bring him in. You know, Adam Gase with Le'Veon Bell. I didn't want him. You know, and that's going to actually reflect in in the uh, in the guy's touches. So, if there is a rumor, it's possible they do uh, that. There might be a rift, and and they do believe that uh, Dylan can fill that that side role. I think if they got rid of if they got rid of Jamal Williams, that to be that would uptick Aaron Jones a little bit more for me. I would actually be a little bit more intrigued with him then. Yeah, yeah. I would too. Williams gets a good bit of work. Um, People don't realize that uh, he he does do a lot, and he catches some passes in the backfield too. So I'd be shocked if they get rid of him just because he does catch you know some passes and things like that too, which Dylan isn't really known for. I, I really don't think Dylan's gonna take over that that role anywhere close to that. So um, <clears throat> all right, moving on here to the Bears. 
Oh, Mr. David Montgomery, what do we do with you? I mean, this guy gets a ton of usage. 242 carries last year. I think he had like 35 targets and like 25 catches. So nothing crazy there. But I mean, does the volume rushing is, is pretty incredible. Yet he had 889 yards rushing. Uh I mean, that's not not good. I mean, an ADP at 25, though, not expensive. For a guy who's going to get that much work, are you willing to take a chance at that ADP value? Oh, he did. I'm going to die on Montgomery Hill. <laughs> I'm totally I'm serious. I, I believe in this kid. I think he's a great talent. I think, you know, I think Nagy continues to, to misuse him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he likes doing all the pre-snap motion and the razzle-dazzle and the trickery and, you know, all the gimmicky stuff. And he gets Tariq Cohen involved so much. I mean, I, you know, if you look at the games where, you know, he gave Montgomery just volume, you know, 20 carries in yeah. a game, Bears won. Um, you know, I, I don't really understand why Nagy feels like he's got to keep mixing it up. So I think, you know, to me, yeah, I'll die on this hill because if if they don't utilize Montgomery properly this year, Nagy's gone. I mean, that's just, that's fact. If they don't utilize him the way he should be utilized, if they don't run the offense with a nice run first scheme and let things open up the passing game from there, then, uh, you know, then I don't know what to to tell anybody in Chicago, uh, uh, pack it in and just be a, be a, a waste. So if, if they don't use him properly, the way he should be used, Nagy's gone at the end of the year. And I think Nagy really wants to salvage his job. So I, I really, I love David Montgomery guys. <laughs> he was phenomenal. Like when he Dude. came out of college, I thought he was going to be phenomenal and just hit this horrible offense for him. It seems like, so I I'm hoping and, and yeah, I'll take him at his ADP. You know, I'll, that's an RB three price for me. Yeah. Um, you know that where he's going. So if I can get him as my RB three, absolutely all day, every day. So, yeah, yeah. I don't. Right now, I don't have him on any of my teams, and I wish that I did because I just every time I'm looking, I'm like, all right, I, I like him, I like him. This this could be the spot, and I'm like, ah, well, here's somebody else that I like better or think that I like better, and it's just weighing on me for for what he's done, and it's it's not his fault. <laughs> so. Oh, these guys have that, but they have that that point where you're like, this is a make it or break it year for them. Yeah. And you know, if if Montgomery gets misused again, and uh, you know, and and you, you get suckered in, then you're like, this dude's a bust. I'm never gonna go back. Yeah. Um, if he has a great year, then you're like, finally, I knew he could do it. Now let's move forward. So you know, I think yeah. Montgomery's really he's at those those crossroads this season. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Um. All right, so last question here. The lines again. I mean, do, do you even want to own either of these running backs? <laughs> Funny enough, no, I really don't. Like, I, it's just, you know, I, I know what they want to do with Swift. Again, you know, this is, I mean, Daryl Bevel is a is good, solid coach about, you know, sticking with the run, and then all of a sudden he doesn't, and I don't really get it. It's, you know, very, very odd how he uh how he does this and you know i think he, they were too reliant on on stafford last year so you know i i think they need to to get give one of these guys you know the workload but i mean you can't trust carry on johnson coming back from the knee and you can't trust that 
you know, it's not going to be, you know, kind of just a 50-50 share with DeAndre Swift. You figure Swift is supposed to win this job outright. So if I have to draft, if I'm like sitting there and it's like, you know, fifth, sixth round and I, you know, went wide receiver heavy with like my first three picks or something, then yeah, then I'll probably grab like DeAndre Swift, try and cuff him to, <clears throat> to carry on later. Um, I will not feel good about it. I will need a shower afterwards and uh, I'll hate <laughs> myself if either one of them wins a game for me. Uh, at any point during the season. <laughs> uh, so just to preface, I, I was talking uh, both Scarborough and, and Ty Johnson. But we'll, we'll go <laughs> the with best that. waiver pickups all <laughs> time last year, right? Who blew? Right, raise your hand Everyone. if you blew money on Ty Johnson last year. Come on. We're all guilty of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to blow money on Scarborough, but somebody blew more than I had. I'm like, oh, all right, well. I guess I can't do much there. Yeah, I this, you know, I, I liked Swift coming out of college a lot. I had him as uh, a couple of times. I had him as my number one running back coming out, um, talent wise. I just I like what he does. The Lelaney's past is terrible, unfortunately, and and like the the hype of the draft and everything else, and like just the college player had his ranking fairly high for me early on, and then it's slowly dropping. So I'm kind of coming off of it and re- like realizing, no, it's the Lions. I'm not. Uh, I don't want anything to do with this running game. So I uh, just you know, they got to prove it to me at this point. I mean, I've liked Carry On Johnson for a couple of years, and it's failed me miserably. So I mean, granted, he's been hurt, but even when he's in there, he's just kind of like whatever like not not anything exciting so i need to see a, a running back produce in this offense before i'm gonna buy back into it i think so yep um yep all right so let's move on here to the wide receivers so Devonte adams number two kenny galladay number seven alan robinson 10 adam thielen 11 marvin jones 40 justin jefferson 54 Anthony Miller, 56. And then we've got Lazard at 64, Funchess at 82, and Amendola all the way 89. So got some deep guys there, but there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of receivers here that in this in this division that you can rely on at some point in the season, even some of these later guys. Uh, start off with the Packers again. I mean, as you, as you said, they didn't draft anybody. I know they brought in Funchess, but, I mean, like, yeah. Uh, it's Adam. It's it's Evan Funches. So I don't think anybody cares there. Um, I mean, it's is Adams looking at another ten plus target average season, or are we even thinking that Funches or maybe the emergence of uh, Lazard is is gonna take away from that? No, I think they'll force feed Devonte Adams every step of the way they can. I think Lazard is the guy. Uh, on the other side of the field for him. I, listen, I think that there was a good connection between Rodgers and Lazard. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like you bring in a guy like Funches, who, I mean, what is his game? What type of receiver is he really? Is he going to fit, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, Mr. Stuck in his ways, who throws to the guys that he likes? So, um, you know, I, I think that if you're looking for, uh, a, a secondary wide receiver opposite Adams, Lazard is the way to go over Funches. Uh, because then I also think, and not to skip ahead to tight ends real quick, but <laughs> if they do, if they do run Sternberger out of the slot like they're talking about doing, 
You know, we saw we saw Lafleur do the, a little bit of that with uh, with Delaney Walker and uh, and and Johnu Smith over in Tennessee. So if he actually does go through with that and Sternberger stays healthy and runs him out of the slot, that could be your number three target guy uh, in this offensive scheme. Yeah, that I like is Lazard. Interesting. I I definitely think he's got plenty of upside there. And it just, it's still just dumbfounding to me with how talented this wide receiver class was. And they just, uh, Jordan Love, we need, we need a quarterback, guys. Hello. I mean, we've done it before. This is our thing. We, we, we bring in the, the new young guy to piss off the guy that's been here forever, uh, you know, and won us a Super Bowl. So let's do that again. Forget the wide receivers. But no, I, I like Lazarus. Yeah. I like Lazard to get to uh, to really kind of step in here, and you know, even even the 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 other guys they have there with uh, MSV and and uh, St. Brown, they're good guys. I mean, they they they're role players, and they can get open. They can do what they need to do. They just kind of didn't get fed the ball at all last year. So, you know, Adams was getting everything. Um, so maybe they step up a little bit, but we'll see. So, all right, let's move into Detroit here. We're, we're not leaving them last this time, uh, probably because of the ADP here. Kenny Galladay, my boy, scored 11 touchdowns last year. Again, he was on pace for 14 with Stafford. Um, <laughs> you know, that that's uh, obviously driving his, his higher ADP here. But should we be worried about him at all, that he's not going to come close to these numbers and, and returns? Uh, you know, more to like a, a wide receiver two value. Um, no, I think he's I think he's established himself as the number one in this offense. I think that, um, you know, yeah, Marvin Jones gets the work, you know, that that he does get, and there are, there are weeks that you're like, holy cow, I can't believe what Marvin Jones is doing here. Uh, but Galladay is still the the primary guy over over there, and he's Stafford's main look when he's you know looking into the red zone and. Uh, and I'm I'm perfectly fine with Galladay. I think that he's he's established himself enough that you know he's not at that upper tier where you're talking you know with guys like Adams and Thomas and Julio Jones and Tyreek Hill. But I mean, if you're sitting there and it's the uh, it's the late second round and you had an early pick uh, and you went running back, like I'd be fine with Galladay as my number one. Uh, you know, with uh, with the way everything else looks. All right. Thoughts yeah, big fan, of, big fan of Galladay. Um, I, you know, I do think a lot of his value is going to come from touchdowns. He doesn't seem to be like the big target hog that like a like an Adams. But I mean, that's already kind of baked into the ADP. I don't think I have him seven. I think I have him just maybe a spot or two below that. But it's still pretty high. So yeah, I'm fine with him in that in that range. Um, another guy though that I am higher on than most, but his ADP isn't where mine would be. Allen Robinson. I mean, he saw a crazy 154 targets last year. Uh, that obviously helped him finish his wide receiver 11 and half PPR. You know, you're, you know, you said it too. Foles should in like those absolutely should be the guy. I mean, how much like his catch percentage rate was like 60% or maybe just slightly below. It was bad. Um, I mean, Foles has got to increase that. So, I mean, how much does that help Allen Robinson, you know, surpass and even an AP of 10 at this point? 
Oh, I love Robinson. I'm definitely I'm I'm in on him. Uh, you know, I, Adam Ronis and I sit and talk about uh, Allen Robinson all the time because we're like we're looking at that same area there, that late second round. Mm-hmm. You know, where a lot of people are taking uh, Kenny Galladay, and and they're over to me. They're kind of overlooking Robinson. I mean, yeah, the, the volume that he's going to get. Uh, is going to be, you know, fantastic again, because I mean, you look at, you know, where, where are the other targets going uh, on that team? And and so Robinson's going to get that volume. He's getting a better quarterback uh, and, and the team really needs to, to win games. So, you know, I think that he's, he's in a fantastic spot. Um, I probably would take, if, if given the choice between Galladay and Robinson, I actually might tilt towards Robinson. I 100% agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've got Robinson six in my rankings, half EPR. Um, he's he's up there. Um, yeah, I think we have him like seventh at Fantasy Alarm. Yeah, it's it. it a lot of people I know uh, who I've talked to have him higher than the ADP. So the ADP has not caught up yet. I'm assuming it will eventually. No, you don't um, want it to. No, let them let them overlook No, I'm them. fine with it if it doesn't, but I'm sure it Ooh. will. Because they listen to stuff like this. <laughs> it's going to come out, so... Um, you know, you mentioned like who else is going to catch the ball. And we got a question on Periscope uh, about Anthony Miller. They were just wondering about about him. So he kind of came on strong the later half of the season. I mean, any thought that he could take away some of those targets and really kind of, you know, diminish Robinson's you know value, the, at, at least where you and I have him? No, I, I don't think. See, that's the thing is that I don't think that the presence of Anthony Miller and the ability of him uh, is is gonna take anything away? I think what we've seen as far as the the structure goes on that team uh, when they had Taylor Gabriel. I mean, look what happened. Taylor Gabriel went down with the concussion, and all of a sudden it was just Miller and Robinson. And you know, Mil- they both ate. They both ate a, a yeah. ton. So you know, I'm perfectly fine with that. I mean, what they do? They brought in Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn's going to, you know, take the outside. <laughs> They're going to run Anthony Miller out of the slot. He's going to be a fantastic red zone target. Um, you know, he's going to have some <laughs> touchdowns there. I love him and Robinson. It's amazing. It's amazing how bullish I am on the Bears when I probably really shouldn't be. I know. Because I hate Nagy. Like, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> when you when you just, you, the, the coach grinds your gears so much, but you know that there's that talent that's there on the team. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like, the, the, <laughs> the team's not very good offensively, but like, you buy into these, you buy into their top end talent. Because um, the ADP, I think, is lower than it should be for these guys. So, uh, you're getting a value on them, and that's that's what's gonna that's what's gonna get me to have a lot of shares of the Bears this this season, probably to the detriment of my fantasy team. But oh well, mine too. <laughs> I'll, I'll be down. I'll be down at the bottom of the hill. We'll with have you. a couple beers to commit <laughs> yeah. to the end of the season together. <laughs> yeah, I mean Virtually Miller nice. had Miller had not a lot going on. You know, early in the season, his best game was week five, right before the bye, where he had seven targets. Right. I mean, he was um, coming back off of that shoulder surgery. So, yeah. you know, I mean, slow start is definitely to be expected. Yeah. Look but, at me getting know, all defensive on Miller. Exactly. What are you trying to say? You huh, shut Anthony? your mouth about him. <laughs> you better not see that again. I swear <laughs> to you, I will turn this podcast around. Take you little. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, from there he had seven, then nine, you know, and then three. But all three of me called for sixty-seven yards. You know, uh, I, I I'm a big fan of Miller's. I think that he's definitely somebody I'm trying to target and have targeted later on because 
people just forget about him, it seems like. And he's, again, he's a talented guy. He had two games, you know, 140 yards uh, in week 13 against the Lions, 118 against the, the Packers in week 15. I mean, it's, that's good production, especially in a DFS. You know, both, go, both games, nine receptions. So, huge. That's with Trubisky, so. Can only imagine. Yeah, if Mitch Trubisky can get you 140 yards, I mean, that's amazing. So, living up this to his billing, man. Shit on Mitch Trubisky show. So, all right, let's, <laughs> let's move on. Oh, all right. <laughs> so, last, last but not least, we got a uh, old man Thielen here. I mean, now he finally gets to be the lead dog. He doesn't have to worry about Diggs chirping in Cousins' ear about targets and whatever else. You know, but can Thielen really even handle a full season? I think he can. I'm not looking at at Thielen as being a guy who I'm like too concerned about as far as the injury, the injury bug goes. I mean, listen, you're going to have to, you're going to be worried about people coughing in each other's faces all year. Forget about, you know, (laughs) uh, you know, forget about a, a, a finger injury or anything like that. I mean, you know, you're like, I'll, I'll take the hamstring. What hamstring? Not the COVID? Okay, good, good, good. So, I mean, listen, I think that that, that Thielen's going to see great volume. You know, a guy, he's not a deep, deep threat. You know, he can if they run him on the uh, on the right route, then he can he can probably break one for you know, 35, 40 yards. But I mean, that's just that's not him. He's your guy you want for PPR, and that you just hope that you know the touchdowns continuously rack up as well. Because there really aren't very many other uh, receiving targets over there. I mean, we, uh, Irv Smith, you know, Justin Jefferson's there, BC Johnson, blah. Yeah, yeah, not. Cordell yeah, like still there, huh? Is no, Corderell there. Cord- Cordell's in uh, uh, Chicago. Oh, whew. oh, okay, good. Yeah, oh, all, all the all the DFS lineups he ruined for me. Jeez, <laughs> atrocious. Yeah, Thielen's Thielen's gonna be a target hog, uh, and so PPR leagues he'll be a monster. Every other, you know, he gets dropped down for sure in in other formats. Um, I I I do kind of worry that like he's not gonna really be like a like a true wide receiver one as consistent as you hope, just because you know he's he doesn't seem like a big downfield target for them. He's kind of underneath guy, um, but. Yeah, I mean, the, it's like an Edelman type type of receiver one. It's going to work in PPR, so you're fine with it. Right, yeah, um, exactly. I mean, that's really the role that he's going to take on, I think. Um, you know, my my beef with him is that he always <laughs> is injured for the damn fantasy playoffs. Or so, he fades or, or away. Or he sucks. Yeah, or yeah. he's there, and he's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't really feel like playing today, guys. Just just throw it to somebody else. We think we're bitching 15, last week. Just, just get it to him, finally. Yeah, yeah, it's like okay, whatever. But yeah, I, I just well, you guys need a therapy session here, right? <laughs> Dude, I've I don't like multiple it. years where he just tore it up in the regular season, and then come fancy playoff times, it's like it he just disappears. <laughs> I have no idea. It is insane what he does in the playoffs. Yeah. I think so, I only put up with it for one year, and I was like, okay, that's good. I don't, I don't know. So I had to deal with it for longer. <laughs> I was like, you remember, uh, what was it, 2014 Andrew Luck? Was that the year that he just dominated all season long? And yeah. then it was like week 14, you were like, where'd he go? Yeah. 
<laughs> he literally uh, just threw for fewer than 200 yards. <laughs> I didn't think it was possible. <laughs> All right. So let's get into these tight ends here. All right. Yeah. Finish things off here. Tight end position. TJ Hawkinson, 15. Kyle Rudolph, 21. Irv Smith, 24. Your boy, Jay Sternberger, 29. And then the corpse of Jimmy Graham at 33. Uh, uh, to put it mildly, the tight end position is pretty bleak uh, for, for this division. I mean, Hawkinson's leading the way. is kind of an up-and-comer. People are hoping he can take that next step. But, you know, if... The only way you're taking Hawkinson, I think, as your tight end one is if you're one of those, I'm just sitting and waiting on tight end. Yeah. But is he the guy you want, or is there somebody else there that you're looking at and going, I'd much rather have this guy? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, listen, if we're just, you know, let's we can we can just sit right here in the uh, in the NFC North for that. I mean, if I'm going to wait and go for a guy like Hawkinson, then I might as well just sit and wait and punt at the punt the position altogether. And grab a pair of like Sternberger and Graham, you know, I mean, listen, Hawkinson's never going to be a heavily targeted guy. I mean, it's just the the way that offensive scheme goes. Uh, And you've got two dominant receivers in Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. So you're not really going to, you know. They just they're they're not lining them up the that way. I mean, you know, tight ends who line up in the slot—that's what you want. You want guys who line up in the slot for fantasy purposes. And and Hawkinson's just not that guy. So you know, I look at it and I say, all right, Sternberger is a guy who they're saying they're going to run out of the slot for Green Bay. They're in dire need of somebody to step up and take those targets. Um, you know, what was the last time that? You know, Rogers had a tight end was like Bubba Franks or something like that. <laughs> right. So, so if that's a possibility, I mean, listen, you know, when, when they were using Randall Cobb out of the slot all the time, he was like bread and butter for Aaron Rodgers. So maybe, maybe there's a chance that Sternberger can step up. I'd rather try that upside than hope again that, that TJ Hawkinson will, you know, not be concussed and, and he'll be worked into the passing game more. Um, with the, as far as Jimmy Graham goes, yeah, listen, he's the thing that that's working in Graham's favor is, um, you know, the, uh, the, the way they want to run this, uh, offense out of, uh, in Chicago, uh, and, and they're going to utilize Nagy wants that, that pass catching tight end. He wants a tight end who can run routes. You know, he's got guys who he can, you know, sit and block. That's Cole Komet's going to learn how to block. Uh, Adam Shaheen's going to learn how to block. Jimmy Graham's not a blocker. You bring up a guy like Jimmy Graham because you want to deploy him as a receiver. So is Graham, could he be one of those guys who ends up with like 400, you know, 400 receiving yards on the season, but he's got six touchdowns? Yeah. I mean, I think that he has that, you know, capability of being a a red zone threat uh, for them at that point. Again, for next to nothing, if you're going to wait on the position, Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, is there really that much difference between Hawkinson and Jimmy Graham from what we've seen on the field from either of these guys? I mean, no, it's, you know, so you might as well just kind of stick with it. And then you've got the pair in in Minnesota. You know, Irv Smith is the deep dive. That's the it's the sneaky one that that people are looking at. But I mean, you can't you can't discount uh, Kyle Rudolph because they still gave him that big ass contract extension. But last year, couldn't even believe they extended him like like three or four year deal. So he's going to get some playing time. 
He's not really going to get, you know, a whole world of, of looks, though, in the passing game now. Just, I mean, he scores touchdowns, though. So, I mean, like, I mean, super touchdown dependent. But, I mean, hey, the week said he scores touchdowns. You're, you're, you're sold. You're solid. I mean, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, this probably isn't where I'm looking to go tight end at all. But, yeah, if you're if you are waiting, I mean, Hawkins is probably not a target of mine. Uh, there's some guys around him. Like I like a you know, a couple spots above him, uh-huh. uh, even like a Doyle, who I think it could be just a target monster. Um, you know, John o. Smith is below them. Herndon's kind of intriguing in, in New York. So there's guys even below Hawkins in my, even in my rankings, just because of the way like projections fall and things like that. Like that's where Hawkins lands, but I don't like it. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's probably got one of those, like on my personal board, he's got one of those like red marks, like, nah, I'm good to pass on him. But there's just a bunch of other guys that I think are going to be more involved with the offense, like you've said, that are going even later than him. That you know, Hawkinson might have one or two games that are much bigger, but otherwise you're not getting much. So, yeah, yeah just looking at uh, uh, going going back to uh, the, the Scott Fish Bowl here and looking at your team, I see you you grabbed Graham at the fifteen oh two. I took Irv Smith at fifteen oh two, and Graham. In at least in my division, sat forever until twenty oh seven, and I was thinking about trying to get him right around that nineteen twenty, and had a couple other targets that I went with uh, receiver wise. But I, for whatever reason, my division sat on tight ends, and you know it was it was what it was. But I definitely like Graham this year. I think he can. Uh, I think he can provide some upside, especially if you're punting the position altogether um, or if you're even in a tight end premium and you can sit and wait, you know, get get one of your big guys early and then build up on other depth and then go after a gram. So other than that, though, yeah, I'm not really looking at much in this division either. There's just there's so much other talent elsewhere that you can find. Um most leagues are one tight end anyway. So, hey man, you didn't mention my tight end sleeper, man, Dan Arnold. Hell yeah, I twenty one dot oh three. He was sitting there. I almost grabbed him. Uh, I mean, I could have, I could have taken him with one of my last two picks. Uh, There's another, um, our boy Logan Thomas. You know, VT no. Pride. No. I'm telling you, man. I'll, I'll, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll endorse. I'll, I'll go with the the Dan Arnold call there. Dan Arnold. <laughs> Uh, was oh, it two I years ago? I think he Arnold won me single-handedly like like eight hundred bucks more on a in a GPP. Nice, because uh, he had one of those you know one of those touchdown games where you're just like I'm punting the position, so I'm just gonna try and and deal with this. So you well, know, yeah. So I I got a soft spot in my heart for Dan. Well, I'll never draft him though. Sorry. Well, lo- lo- yeah. Logan Thomas is because of this, by the way. <laughs> yeah. We are both hookies. So uh, he he's got us. We both got soft spots for Logan Thomas, but no, I I can't. Logan Thomas yeah, has literally fantasy. done nothing in the entire like the NFL. I I'm not buying into the fact he's going to have all of a sudden his career is going to launch in Washington. Especially hey, like when you're talking TBD, about I mean, <laughs> when you're when you're taking like a deep dive like that, I mean, Bob from accounting who just joined the fantasy football <laughs> office league. 
Yeah. Uh, it's a 10 teamer. And he's like, this dude say this guy's talking about Logan Thomas. What am I missing about Logan Thomas? All right. I'll, exactly. I'll drop this guy here. Who is this? Oh, Hunter Henry. Yeah. Yeah. He, he put up a zero last week. So uh, <laughs> I'll get this guy Logan Thomas him. for him that this guy keeps talking about. Exactly. I'm throwing <laughs> everybody to, throwing everybody just, off of the scent of the guys that I really, really like. <laughs> Here's the guy you should be doing. <laughs> oh, Bob from accounting's got the worst ten team league you <laughs> ten team league you've seen. It's horrible. <laughs> it's all AJ's fault. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Welcome, Bob. I'm still right, pulling well, for you, buddy. That's all we've got for the show, Howard. I want to thank you again for coming on. Uh, a good time as always. Good laughs. Um, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter and all that good stuff, and what you guys got in in store for uh, the, the the site. So Twitter, I'm at Roto Buzz Guy. Uh, you can find me all over FantasyAlarm.com. You can hear me on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio uh, Monday through Friday from. Uh, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I got a fantasy baseball and a fantasy football article in the New York Post that you can check out every weekend. Um, Yeah, I think that's about it. You can find me here at Half Moon Bay, California, if you come in for a visit. All right. Awesome. All right, well, thanks again for coming on. Always a pleasure to to talk sports with you. Yeah, great to talk with you guys again. And... uh, We'll see you in this year's pie bet, whatever version that's going to yeah, be. Hell yeah, man. I'm looking Definitely forward to it. it. <laughs> I want to I wanna do all season. I want to do it all season this year. And, uh, <laughs> that sounds like a fetish. That doesn't pies. sound like a bet. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, I have, been, uh, I have been known to be compared to Jason Biggs back in my younger days. Uh, Where are the pies? I want yeah. the pies. <laughs> Give me all the pies, man. Just give me Is that me. custard? Oh my god! I don't, I don't even need to bet. I don't need to bet. Just, just toss me the pie. You in the alley. <laughs> you in the alley. tries to lose. You, you coming out of that diner? All right. Bring me some. Bring me some of that apple. Just bring me a piece of pie. AJ picks Logan Thomas every week because he wants to. I'm going to hit right. one of these weeks, guys. <laughs> I'll just take continuous pictures of me just still wearing pies from week oh, one yeah. through 14. Jeff, and you've got to, you've got to like finally hit this last part. We've got to share this on Twitter. This is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, were we gone already? I thought yeah. we were still live. We are uh, still alive. But I'm just okay, saying, good. Oh, we're still alive. We're like, we're you know, clip this and share this directly. Okay, all right. Well, let's close it out special. again. Howard, thanks for, thanks for coming on. Um, we will uh, we'll do it again soon, hopefully. Pleasure, guys. Thanks so much for having me. All right, buddy. Take care. Take care. Stay safe. All right, Anthony. Apple Garth, I'm just reading your name on on because you put Anthony on there. It's funny. I don't ever call you Anthony. Um, I, I don't ever call me Anthony. I don't. So why do you have your Skype name as Anthony? Because it's my first name. If it says first name, I type in my first name. I can't put All AJ. Right. It's not my first name. It's my first and middle initial. My first name is Joseph. I'm not putting Joseph. I'm putting Joe. <laughs> it's different, dude. It's different. Okay. okay. All right. All right. I'm just gonna keep calling you Anthony. That's cool. All right. 
that's all we got. Next week, we've got the NFC South. I believe we've got Justin Boone uh, on. So tune in next week. Same queue. time. Getting the hook. <laughs> I know. <man. laughs> Peace.